You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. You know our specialty is helping to provide hope, hacks, help, and resources to chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs. But did you know we wouldn't have gotten as far as we have giving people the leg up they need if it weren't for our magical parent company, SickBiz Incorporated. In the tradition of continuing to help our very important and special community, I'm super excited that after coming to fruition in 2017, SickBiz is now offering affordable business coaching. Yes, that's right. This is affordable business coaching. Everything that has been shared, everything that I've learned, it's on a series of eight video modules. It's been road tested or I've worked with individuals who have road tested it as well, putting their money where their mouths are. In other words, we've tried everything that I'm teaching to pass it on to you. I'm a big fan of don't teach what you don't know yourself or what you haven't gone through yourself. And I've poured everything into this business course. Everything that has taken me from less than zero from a financial perspective to earning a quarter of a million this past year. I don't say that to pat myself on the back and I'm certainly not the coach with the greatest income, but what separates what I am teaching you is that it is real. It means a change in your lifestyle. It means a change in accessing healing modalities. It means a change in reaching your dreams and goals, even switching them up. And it means a change in being able to pay your bills, being in the positive. How does that sound? If you'd like more information, please head on over to the SickBiz Facebook group to find out how you can sign up to take this module. As always, it is priced affordably at only 500 bucks. It's my promise to you that I will never raise the price. My guest today was thrown for a loop. Patrick Pitts was clipping along just fine in his life, working as a mortgage loan officer at Southwest Funding, when he received a surprise diagnosis that upended his existence. Now, sometimes when that happens, we can pull inward to ourselves and become very fixated on what is to come. I would like to posit that the opposite happened to Patrick. And in fact, a spark came alive in him to spread a brand new mission. It's a mission born of love and gratitude. It's born of trials, is born of the baptism of being the biggest warrior of your life. Since Patrick's diagnosis and treatments, which he will tell you all about, he is driven to share what he's learned to help you, how it's life-changing, how he hopes you can take what he has gone through and apply it to your life so you can change your perspective and live your blessings so that you can overcome what is standing in your way or what you believe is standing in your way. He is the father to two beautiful children, a husband, he is a mortgage lender by profession, and now a cancer survivor with a positive attitude and an absolute passion to make a difference with people. Hopefully his story will show you what you can overcome to be the best version of yourself. 
It is my absolute honor to have Patrick on the show today. Please give him the warmest sick biz welcome, my friend, Patrick Pitts. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that fantastic introduction. Well, it's all true, so you make it easy. <laughs> thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. And you're here, I, you know, if we looked back about a year ago, it might be surprising to see yourself here, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I've, I've always kind of known what you do and your mission, but I, I never, um, you know, I, I was really the healthiest version of myself a year ago. And I, I never could really um, see that I was um, going to be down this path that, that I am right now. Um, but yeah, so here I am. So let's talk about that. Let's, what, what's the difference between then and now, between a year ago and now? And have you divided your life into these two sections of before and after? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, I guess a, a year ago I was, I was doing triathlons. Um, I was doing any kind of 5K that came up or 10K that came up in my area, uh, any kind of mud run, anything competitive. I was playing in two different basketball leagues uh, throughout the, uh, you know, the week uh, for for about a year and a half. Uh, you know, really all my life I've been playing basketball, but um, and and just really really active, really um, trying to you know, maintain fitness. You know, that was my my biggest focus, and and, um, and grow my mortgage business. That was very important to me, and and which still is. But um, you know, I was really really focused on, I guess, me and not so much everybody else. And this experience um, had me look outward more than just, you know, at myself. I think I was maybe living a more selfish lifestyle at that point a it's, year ago. It's crazy. So what happened? What's the story? What changed one day? Yeah, so pretty simple. Um, I, I went into, you know, my, my actually my wife went to Mexico uh, her father was ill, and while she was there, she got some uh, a dental implant. Uh, dental implants in Mexico are seven hundred dollars. Uh, here, they're five thousand. Mm. So I needed an implant, and uh, I said, uh, "Well, let me before we go and make a second trip to Mexico." She actually went for a month, and I was so focused on my business. She took the kids, and. Uh, herself and went to Mexico for a month. I only showed up for the last three days and that was just to get them and, and bring everybody home and help bring everybody home. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of show you that I was really just focused on me and my business and, um, you know, wasn't really the best, uh, you know, uh, maybe father or husband at the time. Um, you know, so I, but we, we went there, she had some dental work. And uh, came back here, and I said, well, you know, it worked out pretty good for you. Uh, sh she grew up in Mexico, so she knew the dentist and, you know, uh, was fine. And uh, so I said, well, I guess I'll go back there and, and get an implant. But let me just get a second opinion from the dentist here that I need one. And uh, let's see how, you know, what he says. Uh, I went in at that time, and this was September of this uh, 20, 2019. And the dentist noticed a, uh, while looking at this uh, essentially loose crown, um, he said, there's a bump in the palate of your mouth. 
And uh, I could tell by his body language, he was saying, the words that were coming out of his mouth were, it's probably nothing, don't worry about it. But I, I could just tell by his body language, he was a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, he sent me to a periodontist, uh, which is like, a, I think like a gum doctor, and then an endodontist, which is like a root doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went from perio to endo to, then they refer me over to the medical side, to a family physician. And so then I get a little concerned. They send me to an MRI, get an MRI, and then they send me to a plastic surgery and facial reconstruction doctor. And at that point, I'm like, I just went in for a loose crown. And now I'm at a plastic surgery and facial reconstruction doctor. What's, um, what's going through your mind as this is all kind of playing out? I mean, you you really did go from loose crown to and and what did you think when he said there's a bump on your palate? Was that your upper palate? Yeah, the upper palate in my mouth, and it was nothing that I ever had pain for. I never felt it, and it was more not even so much of a bump. So it wasn't like you could rub your tongue on the top of your mouth and feel a bump, as like the whole left side of my palate was. Kind of, it seemed like it was caving in. Interesting. But really, okay. but really, it was a it was a tumor that was building up in that portion of my mouth. Um, and by the way, I never uh, dipped or it wasn't. Uh, I smoked whenever I was a young, you know, teenager. But I'm thir- I'm 39 now and haven't smoked in years and years and years. So it's not because I ever smoked or drank or I never dipped like I said so uh, nothing like that so just really an unknown cause um and so from there uh we're what I'm thinking honestly is hey I have medical insurance I don't have dental insurance so this is all right Mm -hmm. Uh, these people are going to look at it um and he tells me okay we need to cut this tumor out and Okay, so did you did you know it was cancer at this point? No, I did not. I, I did not know um, anything. He just said it's a it's probably a benign tumor, nothing you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, it was uh, October twenty fifth. I go in for my first surgery. Um, I go in, they cut my palate from the back of my mouth to the front and kind of U shaped. And uh, it's about 20, 25 stitches in the top of my mouth. Jeez. Uh, they cut the tumor, the tumor out, and I have about a month worth of liquid-only diet. Um, How's that going? That, yeah, that was pretty <laughs> terrible. Um, but <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> yeah, it was free. I mean, I'm, let's say I'm an expert at making shakes at this point oh hey all right there you go <laughs> so, always with the positive <laughs> yeah if you need a protein shake i got you um oh. so at that point i i it's my first surgery i never had even i hadn't even been to a doctor in 10 years at that point no reason to i had broken an arm when i was 19 but that was the extent of my medical experience you know mm-hmm. um so yeah so then the after that was surgery on October 25th. So they called me about November 27th or so. Uh, it was the day before Thanksgiving. 
and they say, Patrick, um, we got some pathology results back from that tumor. Um, I know we, 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 did a, we did a test on the, the tumor during surgery, and intrasurgically, it did not come back as cancerous. Hmm. Um, however, we sent it off to pathology for higher scrutiny, hmm. and it did come back as cancer. And so they tell me actually to come in that following Monday. And this is what they tell me at that time. That is that they stand off a higher scrutiny. And it's, I remember their exact words. I thought it was so delicately put. Mm-hmm. Um, we stand it off for higher scrutiny. Such, you a know? Weird, such a weird right? phrase, isn't it? That just right. all of a sudden is defining your life. Higher scrutiny is defining yeah. your life. <laughs> and so that was December 2nd of this year. Okay. This past year. Um, and December 2nd, they say, we're going to have to do this surgery really quick. Um, and we're going to do it on December 31st is winter break schedule for this year, uh, this past year. And, and so December 31st, I go in and for the second surgery and they have to cut out my entire palate. Uh, they knock out my upper left teeth, wow. cut out the bone in my upper palate. So. Uh, if you think about where, if you cut out your palate from there, you have your sinus cavity above you. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be closed. You yes. Know? Yes. In order, in order to close it, they cut an 18 inch gash down my left eye oh. and, and take skin, uh, nerve and maybe some, I don't know. I feel like maybe some muscle, but I'm not sure yet. Um, mm-hmm. But they take that and essentially graft that skin from my thigh into my upper palate. Oh my um, goodness, that's so much to that's so much to get your arms around, isn't it? That's so, that's so much to compartmentalize so that you can be okay with what's happening. Yeah, I'm a avid runner. I run five, six times a week. Um, so to, t- and my brother has cerebral palsy and epilepsy and has never walked a day in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's 35, 36 now. And to take my leg or a portion of my leg and, and mess with it in any way, I was not a huge fan of to say the least. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> sure, I, I totally understandable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So at that point I am under a medically induced coma for six days from December 31st through January 5th or 6th range. And that experience of being out was, um, it was like I was aware of, of things that were said in the room. I was, uh, I mean, I, I almost can't even explain. And maybe it was the, the drugs that they kept, you know, pumping me with um, at that time mm-hmm. that made it like a you know like a mushroom trip or something and i've you know never really done that but um from what i hear it's just like i just was dreaming of my kids and them playing and and from somebody who's so mentally strong and what i felt like was physically tough and strong um i never even comprehended that i would hit my my breaking point my you know, my, my point of where I maybe didn't want to carry on and couldn't make it. And Did I thought you, for the for the first time, I, I, I don't know if I can make it. 
That's understandable. You were completely upended. And I mean, everything was potentially taken away from you very quickly. I say potentially because, I mean, it's very easy to go into that place of all hope is lost. And, you know, it, it, I think what is so admirable about you is that you seem to be an information gatherer gather that right like this is what's happening i'm not going to pronounce any type of outcome i'm just going to show up and do the best that i can now they put you under and like you had a legal trip how cool is that like there's their new new advertising (laughs) for them like do you want to legally trip come on down I would see my kids playing with like, and it sounds crazy, but um, like an origami paper bunnies, and they're just oh. playing with like, and the, these bunnies are like alive, and it was it was around Christmas time, it was New Year's, so mm-hmm. I I had scheduled uh, through a pre-recorded voicemails voicemail drops to my wife and kids for the next three days once I went under. Happy New Year! Hey, I'm okay. I'm almost out of here. So every night while I was out, they were still getting voicemails from me uh, that I had pre-recorded, and and you know she would share those with the kids, and I think that really helped them know that dad was gonna be okay because they had never seen me in any kind of uh, distress in any way. So did you learn that? And I, sometimes I feel like Hillary, shut up! Like stop <laughs> talking about always learning. But I'm curious. I mean, you you were very, very healthy. You know, yeah. you, you had nothing like this in your life. It, it, there had to have been some moment of like, holy cow, this vulnerability. What am I going to do with it? How am I responding to it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a moment after I woke up to where, um, you know, I, I wake up and I, I, my, my mouth is so swollen that I can't really talk mm-hmm. and I'm so drugged up that I can't really write anything. And I just need like chapstick on my lips Yeah, because uh-huh. you, you're holding your mouth open. And honestly, I'm, I'm crying that nobody understands that I just want chapstick. Oh, um, that's <laughs> and fi- uh-huh. and, Yeah. And, and finally my, my wife comes in and somehow she, understood and got me some chapstick and uh the following day the pt people get there uh physical therapy people and and they are going to try to get me up it was maybe it was about two Ugh. days later are you kidding me yeah Keep they're gonna try oh the well, I, just, I just have to say like these people who men <laughs> are like you need to get up and like you need to leave the catheter in and you need to leave my iv in because there's nothing better than being fat like a tick but having a catheter, there's no better <laughs> feeling in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was, I'm a bad patient because <laughs> I say I'm not a patient patient. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, and so I'm like, yeah, what, what I wasn't prepared for is when you go into the hospital for something like this, they, uh, if you try to get out of bed, your alarm sounds. Yes, it does. Because you had, did you have red socks then? Yeah, you're a fall risk, you know? Yep, yep, exactly. And, and so they don't want you getting out of bed or if you move the wrong way. And I just wasn't prepared for that. And I, there's only so much TV I could sit around and watch. 
Oh. Because um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go. You know, I gotta go. I gotta go get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the real turning point for me, uh, the real moment that really made a difference for me there was when the physical therapy people get there and they ask me to get up and walk to this chair and they're going to help me. But could I, could I stand up and, and, and I couldn't stand up. Um, and, and, and that's at that point, a, a day earlier, I noticed that during surgery they had tied me down incorrectly and damaged a nerve in my left arm okay. and my left arm is not working at all so um is it so it was it was you, never cut okay. it was never operated on it's just you're, you're in a 14-hour surgery and if the, the the nerve is compressed and i now know it's my radial nerve um that was compressed for 14 hours and my wrist my hand nothing works on my left side of my arm so you can't move your wrist like you can't pick your hand up you can't wave you can't bend your arm at all no i cannot even move my fingers oh my word so yeah and then you've got an 18 inch gash in your thigh on my left eye, so on my left, left leg is messed up. Oh, uh, my left arm and my palate, and they knocked out my teeth and cut my throat to stitch everything in. So, uh, did you feel like you side. just had your ass kicked just thoroughly up and down the block, every part of your body? Um, yeah, really. At that point, the the main focus was. Um, I didn't really even notice or feel my leg. It was my arm that was a problem. Mm -hmm. And my mouth was just really, really swollen. I just wanted to close it. Mm. And, um, you know, and I, I, I tried to stand up at that point whenever they came in and I couldn't. And I, I just ran 10 miles the day before I got into surgery. Oh, uh, played a basketball game where I scored 24 points in the game. Uh, um, you know, so really active day before, and now I can't get up and walk 10 feet. That's insane. And, and I, it, it, yeah. That, it's so quick. <laughs> it happens so, like, your head must be spinning. Yeah, I was. And I, I break down crying. And um, I, 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 I never have, I mean, my wife have been together for 15 years. I've never cried in front of her. <laughs> oh, um, oh no! So she's I'm, crying. Uh, yeah, so I'm crying right there in front of her. Um, and one of the nurses at that point, she reaches out to console me and put she puts her hand on my knee, and she says, "It's okay. This has happened. You don't worry. You're gonna get it back." And whatever she's saying, but I notice her watch, and on her watch she has the triathlon symbol. Oh and my I, gosh! And I, I say, I say to her. Have you have you ever done a triathlon? I see your symbol in your watch, and she says, uh, "No, it's just a watch." And I said, "I've done three. I said, "Man, Patrick, get up, let's go." <laughs> at that point, it was just like a, like a bull seeing something red. Like I just knew. Okay, it just reminded me what I was capable of. All those times I went for a run that I didn't feel like it, or had to swim out in open water and into yeah. waves and it just takes every bit of willpower that you have and 
I remembered how much I had pushed myself before and I stopped having a pity party and started working on, okay, what is it going to take me to get out of here? Yeah. Yeah. And at that point I didn't want any more medication and um, I wanted to get my brain back. And I started just going down their little checklist of, okay, this is what it takes to get out of there. And, you know, six days after, uh, or after being under for six days, I was able to walk out of there on my own two feet four days later. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. You've gone from a, a 14 hour surgery, being unable to walk, you walked out under your own strength. That's phenomenal. That switch, that flipped. So the first thing is that such a message from the universe, absolutely placed there for you to let you know you will come back to it. You're, you're going to be a different person. But you Absolutely. will come back to it and you will actually be stronger because you'll have that mental fortitude now. Absolutely. You know what you're capable of. You do. You do. <laughs> you know, and is this the point too when gratitude switches back on in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. While I was laying there, I, I never once thought about mortgages. Yeah. Um, so it was such a big part of my life. Um, up to that point, I was just focused on, you know, being the breadwinner for the family, uh, making sure that we build this thing. I left my previous company and wanted to kind of sit out and do my own thing and build my own brand. And that was my singular focus. And I, I started to realize I didn't think about one person's home loan while I was down. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's a, a lot of things that, you know, when, when Hurricane Katrina uh, hit, the New Orleans area. My dad owned the business and he would go over there to help them many days. And, uh, we, we had a business back in Dallas and he would say, I would tell him all the time, Hey dad, these people are really mad. At, you know, we're not finishing, uh, the, the business here. You need to stay and, and knock out this stuff and don't help the people in New Orleans this, this weekend, just one weekend, stay here and let's get caught up. Mm -hmm. And he would say, I mean, screw those people. I'm not going to know them in five years. My family needs me right now. And I, I would remember that while I was kind of going through that, like my family needs me. They don't need, they're not concerned with how many mortgages I close or how many, how big my team is or that I'm this super loan officer. What they care about is dad being healthy, dad being there and uh, you know, just kind of being a, a good dad. And he do you think really grateful yeah absolutely and so you flip that gratitude back on it do you think you needed the wake-up call absolutely absolutely in, in so many different ways it's funny how i look back i try to take the blessing of everything mm -hmm. uh, my brother who has cerebral palsy he has never been able to use his left arm and oh, we my. always what yeah, how we, ironic is this yeah i mean and we we always call it we say dominate you know and his left arm somewhat works but he said we always say dominic use that painted on hand mm -hmm. use that painted on hand that that actually you can use that mm -hmm. and now have much more empathy with what he's going through that he actually cannot use that hand or there's more limitations or i understand what his limitations are um with that hand now that my hand has been you know and i it's coming back now so it's they'd say up to six months it'll come back but i think mm. i'm i'm on a faster pace i try to beat whatever they tell me i try to mm -hmm. you know if you tell me six months i'll have it done in two 
Um, <laughs> you know, and so, so I'm getting a lot of movement back. I got my fingers back and, and my wrists, uh, I can get it somewhat moving, not all the way though. And the biggest news is that you're cancer free now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. They said they got 99.9% of it. And, okay. uh, and that's what they told me while I was in the hospital. And that's whenever I, once they told me that and I said, okay, I'm not taking any more of their medication. Mm-hmm. They say they got all the cancer. Then why am I staying in the hospital? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm here. Gonna, I mean, <laughs> let's, let's get out of here. It's back on your terms then. Exactly. So you're done with treatment. You don't have chemo. You don't have radiation. You're done. You should be good to go. Yeah, the radiation um, they recommended against because uh, radiation in the mouth um, tends to kill all saliva glands, mm-hmm. um, taste buds, th- those kind of things to where if your mouth doesn't produce saliva, your teeth are more susceptible to cavities and things like that. And you start having bigger problems. And uh, for someone who's had a palate replaced, I, I don't know that I really want an average dentist. Yeah. To uh, come in and work on my mouth. I need somebody who really understands what I've been through. And, and that dentist that first noticed um, that bump, I've went back to him since and thanked him that he probably saved my life because uh, they told me if I would have waited longer, they would have had to take half my face. Oh, my gracious. Yeah. They told me that last last week. And, and uh, oh. you know, if I waited too long, you know, there's people who they take up portion of your face and not just your your palate not just your mouth well that's just spread that's just horrifying that's absolutely horrifying so that would be terrible (laughs) yes and you so and you have you're just through this journey you're being told things you're experiencing things that are outside of the norm for you but i mean what's really amazing is seeing what you've done with it you're talking about it. You're completely transparent about it on Facebook. You're sharing your videos of when you were in the hospital on the sixth day that you were under. And, yeah. I, and I think it's amazing because you're tapping into your experience and what you learned to help other people. You're already doing this. I mean, you, you pretty much are still in recovery mode and you already made this give flip the, the script on yourself even and moving into what do people need to hear about this and it's not I mean I see you sharing your experience but more of what I see you doing is reaching out to people and asking questions it's making sure that they're feeling good you've had people reach out to you because you are putting yourself out there. You did Facebook Live when you were learning how to speak again, which was <laughs> remarkable. And, you know, I, I think about those super vulnerable moments and why we need people to go first. We need people to say, this is what my life is right now. This is what I'm dealing with. I could focus on being embarrassed. I could focus on feeling like I'm getting the attention I don't want. but it empowers you to keep going. I have to tell you, when I flew to Dallas and, or I'm sorry, to Houston, I was helping Johnny Fowler with his second book. And I know you know Johnny. Um, And I thought of you because I, it is so hard for me to travel. Now, prior to getting sick, I did not like to travel because I was an anxious mess. It was just like all in my head. After getting sick, 
it is so exhausting. (laughs) Like we get, we have to plan everything out. You know, we get to the airport and we have to know, well, how far is it to the counter until I can get a wheelchair? Because I will seriously like drag myself through the airport, like army crawl. That's what, (laughs) that's what I'd be reduced (laughs) to. I'd be like, I will get to security, but I can't stand in this damn line. So but it's exhausting. And I thought to myself, you know what, after what Patrick went through, I can do this. I can sit in this chair. I can just be quiet. I can try to conserve my energy. Um, you know, I can, I can plan for things. I can plan out my snacks. I can do some mindset exercises to calm myself. Um, I'm not going to cave in to people looking at me. I think that's the, I think that's a huge thing. And, and what you did was debunk you've debunked like a a common situation where people, when you're, when you're different than the quote unquote normal people and you go out there and people want to look at you, they want to assess you. What's wrong with you? Why are you in the chair? Why are you talking like that? They, they, they make it their job to figure you out and it's very, very invasive, but you know what, Patrick, you beat him to the punch. You're like, hey, I'm right yeah. here. Here it is. This is what it <laughs> yeah. is. Go ahead. Well, That's- you know, I, I think you kind of put it to where, um, you know, I, I to make the running analogy, people say that, uh, what was it, Roger Bannister run the, nobody thought you could run the four-minute mile. And then he runs the four-minute mile, and within two years, uh, you know, something like, you know, two, two dozen people also run the two-minute mile. It wasn't that people couldn't. It's that they need to be shown the way. Yeah. And, and um, it, you know, that's kind of what I did was I, I just tried to make sure that, uh, like one of our kind of mutual friends, Ryan always, uh, Suman always says, take your experience and extract the lesson from it. Yes. And then share, share that with people. And, and I took that mentality to where, hey, let's just, what's, what's my experience? Let me extract the lesson and then, you know, kind of share that with everybody. And, and, and maybe eliminate some of their excuses of why they aren't going, uh, why, why they aren't doing what they need to do. Um, you know, I don't want anybody to have a, a, you know, be down and think that they can't accomplish or overcome something that, um, you know, I think they just needed to see that people have overcame worse and let's just show them the way. Yeah. And, and at the same time, um, my mom has been diagnosed with a cancer that is inoperable. I'm and so, so sorry. Well, uh, yeah, me, you know, unfortunately. Um, but while I was sharing with the world and, you know, getting a lot of uh, attention for it, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, four or 500 likes on different posts, I really just needed one person to see it. And that was my mom. And I needed her to see that, what strength looked like and it was all right that everybody else said and, and so many you're right so many people came to me and i had somebody uh say that they, they saw that how healthy i was so they went and got checked and they found out they might have prostate cancer somebody else got mm-hmm. checked and they they messaged me thanks for being so public uh, you know i i realized i may have breast cancer and things like that and so those are so i'm so thankful for those but Mostly, I just needed my mom to see what strength looked like and to know that she could get through and somebody so close to her could could make it. I just wanted her to know that we got this, you know? And it, Yeah, it's incredible. And it, 
a child, one of her children, showing her, not only is this how you've raised me and the, the strength that you've instilled in me, now I'm showing it to you so that you Absolutely. can use it. And I think the other thing that you do for people is, and you know, and I say this often, borrow my belief in yourself. And that's yeah. what you're doing. Borrow my strength, borrow my story, borrow my courage until you can get up some of your own courage to do things until you can change your mindset so that you can better attack what you need to do, which was my case in, in the wheelchair. I was like, you just got to change your mindset and, um, you know, deal with the physical. If, if it's not going to kill you, and this sounds kind of hard too, because and nobody's invalidating anybody either. Nobody's saying, well, sure. and you know, like you don't get to feel anything and you don't get to have any emotion and you just need to move on. Nobody's saying that. Feel your feeling, finish your emotion, but at the same time, don't let that feeling tell you this is a limitation for you. That's a lie. Absolutely. Absolutely a lie. And you have also emerged now. And this part of you and what you're doing just makes me blossom. So, <laughs> and you know what I'm talking Thank about. You. Yes, you're, you're becoming a writer and you see it. I think this is... Um, I think this is something that you've always had. You've always had an absolute knack for writing. And so the expression and the eloquence that you're using to help your audience, um, I think you're, you, you're going to go a long way in reaching people. And perhaps even, and, I, and I'm betting you've thought about this, perhaps even thinking about some personal coaching or mindset coaching. Yeah, I have, definitely. I, I think... Um, you know, it was, it's funny. I, I, somebody had told me once, it's all about finding your voice and mm -hmm. not everybody's voice is their actual voice. Some people's voice is art, uh, is music, is dancing or the written yeah. word. I love it's, it. And you know, when your voice is taken away from you and your mouth is, <laughs> uh, sh showed up, <laughs> yeah. um, you have to find your voice in another way. And that's where, you know, the, the writing came in. And I think you had, you had told me the other day when we were talking that, and I love the way you, you know, I have to borrow it forever and ever. Um, but I'll always give you credit for it. Um, <laughs> you know, was that you had said that um, we share our story. You know, I said, I mentioned to you that I don't do this for my mortgage business or anything. As a matter of fact, I thought I was going to hurt my mortgage business by sharing the story. Sure. Um, it's actually done the opposite. Um, but and you had said, no, you do it for your soul. You do. So there's things that you, you, that you do to help your, you know, may not for your business, but it, it helps you be who you're supposed to be or just helps you, you know, help, help others. And that's for your soul. And, and that's why we should share. Absolutely. We, we share so that we can help save other people's pain so that we can develop empathy as you've deepened your empathy. We share so that our purpose is better defined. I love that you interwove business into the conversation too, because it's interesting and it almost seems backwards to a degree. Like, well, it's about business. How can it not, how can talking about something that's not about business be about business? 
But your purpose, your happiness, where you spend your time, and all of these other things, 100% feed into your business. When you're happy, when you're fulfilled, when you have good and powerful and strong and resilient and loving relationships, your business is going to benefit from that. So I would imagine you're spending your time a little bit differently nowadays with your family oh big time i i was so um you know i i was so focused as and you might even see uh you know there's these mortgage companies that push button get mortgage you could automate so mm -hmm. much of the process at this point and i was so focused on automating so much of the process and, and that way i could reach more people and yeah. but yeah i was i was too wide and not deep in a relationship with any individual. So I would, I would be the lender for 125 agents, but I wouldn't know any of them really well. That's and now yeah. I'm more focused on, on knowing them. How is your kids? What are you going through? Um, understanding what challenges they're having and really just trying to get to know them as people better. And I don't need 125 agents. Maybe I only need, 10 that I really know deeply and, you know, um, really can go to bat for them and support them. What a beautiful development in your story. And I, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so excited for your future. I'm so excited for you to continue to give to people and share with them. And I'm incredibly grateful that you've been here today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Patrick Pitts is special because of a decision that he made. It would have been very easy to cave into feeling sorry for himself after he received such a jolting diagnosis. It would have been very easy for him to blame Murphy's Law or bad luck or even tell himself that he deserved a cancer diagnosis. Instead, what he chose to do was seek the knowledge that was hidden inside this experience. He did not spend one second beating himself up, beating himself down, limiting himself, forecasting the future that he didn't want. And that is exactly why he is on the show today. I know as a person listening to the show who is managing potentially multiple chronic conditions and disabilities that are frustrating, tiring, maddening, perplexing, and unpredictable, how very easy it is to make the declaration about yourself that you are not enough. As we've talked about before, the very word disability contains D-I-S, dis, which if you excise the definition means less than. I hope that when you listen today, you're learning. You are not less. You are not less than no matter what condition you are facing, what disease or disability or illness or situation or circumstance befalls you. You can befall it. That's why Patrick was on the show. It's so much easier to model what is working for somebody else and to hear somebody else's story than it is to just rattle off a bunch of advice in your ear. Patrick is also proof that you are in control, believe it or not. In a world when we feel so out of control, you do have control. 
over who you tell yourself you are and the actions that you take that stem from that. To get in touch with Patrick, and I highly, highly recommend that you do because your life will change, please look him up on Facebook. We will also have a link that can send you directly to him on the podcast blog as well. He has been very generous with speaking to people and incredibly transparent about his situation. You will love connecting with him. Yesterday was a great day, and that is because Sick Biz Buzz is on Spotify. You may not know this, but getting on to Spotify is not a cakewalk. The most amazing producer in the entire universe, past, president, future, Robert Wiseman made it happen. But now we have a greater reach than before, so we can spread our mission even more. I guess I'm Dr. Seuss today. Check it out on Spotify. If you don't know how to accurately use the search function, take a page from my book of fumbling around on Spotify and figuring it out. You want to go to open.spotify and then do your search for Sick Biz Buzz. All 111 episodes now, and that's a lucky number for your listening pleasure. You can listen to them there. Leave us a note. Leave us a review. Tell us you love us. We totally jive on that type of energy, and we thank you so, so much. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for listening. Be well. <laughs>